When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Howdy, y'all. This is Rhett Miller, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Martin Popoff here back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. Uh, it's a vast and always expanding uh, Pantheon Podcast Network. Lots and lots of cool music shows. Uh, to see what all of them are, just go to PantheonPodcast.com. All right. Um, this is episode 176. We're calling this Rock and Roll Medley. Uh, this arose from a discussion I've had in my uh, my cool little industry email group. It actually started started with a very heated exchange on Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, you know, I, I've um, I've always had this weird feeling with those guys. That was one of the first bands I, I ever got into, almost by random, right? When I was like 8, 9, 10 years old sort of thing. And uh, But I've always had this thing that they were kind of like old-timey and were they a revival band or were they a retro band sort of thing and what were they looked like back then? Um so, you know, and, and it's, and it's funny, you, you don't, you, you see a bit of that in the reviews, but, but maybe not. Um, and maybe it's too close to the fifties. What I'm getting at here is, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about this retro idea uh, as we go along here. So this, and, and this touched off, um, this touched off something a little more adjacent, Monty Connor over there, you know, periodically, uh, we start complaining about, uh, you know, he, br- he brings up sometimes, um, the Uri Heap live album with rock and roll medley. And that's what we're naming this after. And that's going to be our first selection. But yeah, before we get there, the idea here is we're going to be looking at, uh, these big acts, 
of the 70s and maybe 80s in one case uh, that that goes and plays um, a bunch of these old rock and roll tunes. Why do they do it? Who are the worst offenders? Um, do we like it? Do we not like it? Um, you know, and this is all basically on official live albums or semi-official stuff. I, I wanted to make sure here that there was at least something out uh, to make, uh, you know, this concept uh, official. But Yes, it's named after uh, kind of notoriously known as the very worst offender. Well, let's take a listen to this first of all. This is our first selection today. And by the way, thanks for some research here as well from Tim Derling, Mick Phelan, Neil Miller, Monty Connor, and Jonathan Richards. But uh, yeah, let's take a listen. This is Uriah Heap with Rock and Roll Medley. Okay, so the idea here, Heap gets the pole position because they are the most notorious and crappy and hideous uh, at this thing. Um, you know, this is something that uh, everybody, every Heap fan in, in a, uh, for all of Heap lore has complained about this. So your so your eye Heap puts out a, a very fetching live album. Official 10-page color program, Bronze Records and Peter Boyer present Uri Heap Live January 1973. It's a double live album. It's got a booklet in it and all that. You know, this is Uri Heap, uh, you know, firing on all guns, just putting out all these great albums super fast. Um, you know, so it's a double live album with a bunch of their stuff on it, but... There is this rock and roll medley to close the thing out. And this is the textbook example of this. This is the closest to the core of the concept here. So essentially what they do is, uh, I'm looking at the back cover here, um, you get past side four, you know, crushes us with look at yourself, magician's birthday, love machine, you know, one of their textbook heavy metal shuffles. And then all of a sudden you've got rock and roll medley, roll over Beethoven, Barry, Blue Suede Shoes, Perkins, Mean Woman Blues, Demetrius, Hound Dog, Lieber Stroller, At the Hop, Singer, Medora, White, Whole Lot of Shaking Going On, Williams, David, Blue Suede Shoes, Perkins. Um, so there's even the idea of, you know, the, the recurring theme, the coming back medley thing. You know, this is a trope that starts with classical music. Um, so yeah, we get, we unfortunately get blue suede shoes even twice there. So yeah, this is, this is this horrible, horrible thing. Nobody wants to hear this stuff from, from these bands. Now, why do they do it? Um, so it's interesting, uh, in, in a band like Heap's case, you know, this is the stuff they grew up on as kids. So this is early enough. It's 1973. This is a band who's, you know, works, starts working seriously. These various members of the band, 68, 69, whatever. Um, but, you know, they grew up on this rock and roll stuff. So why do they do it? It's a little bit of a, of an indulgence of their youth. These are the first songs they ever played. These are the songs that, you know, they, they have the fondest, fondest memory of playing in their living room, their garage, their basement, their very first bands. So they're kind of indulging themselves here. Their fans, however, are are usually a few years younger than them. Um, so they they find this stuff oldy moldy, embarrassing. They don't want to hear this stuff. Um, so it's it's never a highlight uh, of these things. Um, and another curious thing, um, you know, part of this whole thinking about the Creedence Clearwater Revival thing is, okay, so they're 
are they reviving a little bit of old rock and roll and the folk boom? You know, I just read a really cool thing in the New Yorker, big article on Bob Dylan. And, you know, Bob Dylan is famously a guy who reworks and has one, you know, A lead to B lead to C, the the folk canon, the great American song canon, uh, to come up with his great songs. And he, he kind of explains that a little bit in this article. Um, so your eye heap is here, uh, but they're in 1973. They're a they're a British band, and what else is going on in Britain at the time? Glam, UK glam, the notorious UK glam. So so I actually looked up um, you, this whole idea of these um, these 50s revivals or these old rock and rock and roll revivals, right? That's what rock and roll is. That's why we're calling this rock and roll medley. That that term has actually still stuck to uh, to essentially refer to 50s music, right? But uh, so so um, you know, I thought of what was a what was a key rock and roll revival. The Teddy Boys. Uh, go look at pictures of the Teddy Boys. It is hilarious. Like the um, what do they call them? Drape jackets and brothel creepers and all this stuff. So so it's a crazy fashion thing. But it's also it's also you know bleeds into the idea of rockers. So that's a that's a rocker revival. It's a little bit different from Teddy Boys, but the same kind of thing musically. But that's more, um, you know, jeans and and really like, a, you know, uh, slicked back hair, leather jacket sort of thing. But um, so looking at the the wiki uh, on Teddy Boys, this I found kind of interesting. Interesting. It says following the London Rock and Roll Show held at Wembley Stadium in August '72, featuring American performers including Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Chuck Berry, plus UK support acts, uh, the music enjoyed a renewed period of popularity. Musical momentum was maintained by the releases, release of films such as American Graffiti and That'll Be the Day, both 1973, and glam rock reworkings by bands such as Wizard, The Glitter Band, and Sh- and Show Waddy Waddy topping the pop charts from 1973. Um, and Tim Durling mentioned as well, Happy Days. Happy Days was a big, you know, hit sitcom kind of thing. But I totally remember the big um, the big hubbub over American Graffiti. You know, I was a little kid getting Mad Magazine every, what was it, two weeks, month? Um, but, you know, they, w- they would send up American Graffiti. I, di- I distinctly remember that one. We had Grease, right? Remember Grease? That was a big one. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John. So... These various 50s revivals have happened over time. And Uriah Heep is right in the thick of, like I say, they're they're in the UK. It's 1973. Glam is going on. They actually even dressed kind of glam a little bit. I mean, glam is a weird thing. It's not really a musical style. Um, but they, they dressed a little bit glam. Um, so I thought that was kind of uh, interesting that, uh, you know, all of this is wrapped up, that, you know, they're doing this revival Partially, I don't know what, 10%, 20%, 30%. Partially, it's an indulgence to their youth, but partially it might be um, a little bit of a nod to the to the 50s rock and roll revival. Um, all right, let's move on to our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is ZZ Top with Backdoor Medley. <laughs> Okay, so 
This is the other one we all complain about, right? ZZ Top Fandango, uh, the band's fourth album. Side 2 is one of the greatest sides in all of rock and roll. I love ZZ Top. They're one of my favorite bands. But we've got Nasty Dogs and Funky Kings, Blue Jean Blues, Balinese, Mexican Blackbird, Heard It on the X, and Tush. Um, an amazing side of music. Um, Tush, not so great. I mean, it's maybe their biggest song, but still... Um, I don't like it very much, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because all of Side 1 sounds like Tush, if you ask me. So Side 1, what do they do? Um, They've got this uh, thing called um, Thunderbird. Now, Thunderbird, actually, uh, it gets there. There was a little bit of a a, a dust-up legally on that. so written originally, uh, written and performed by the Nightcaps, a band formed in the 50s when the members were teenagers. So so it was a Nightcaps thing, um, but, you know, ZZ Top gets the credit. It's, essentially, it's a it's a fast blues. I mean, all of these, all of these fast boogie songs, they're, they're pretty interchangeable, and we're going to learn a little bit more about that as we go along. So anyways, um, you know, ostensibly, so this is a live side, right? So... So Fandango side one is a live side, um, uh, which would have been good if it would have been all cool new new originals. But so no, it's Thunderbird followed by Jailhouse Rock. Um, so that's not a medley. So one fifty six Jail Jailhouse Rock, and then we go into the you know the officially named Backdoor medley. So it starts with Backdoor Love Affair, which granted is one of their songs, so that's cool. Mellow Down Easy, Willie Dixon. Backdoor Love Affair number two, Long Distance Boogie. Uh, so yeah, 109, 339, 204, 231. Basically, the entire live side is just wall-to-wall boogie. Boogie and blues, uh, but mostly boogie. It's it's pretty up-tempo. It's pretty pretty interesting. Um, but that whole, that whole backdoor medley thing is almost like them just vamping away over, uh, you know, pretty light, fast, feathery, cool Frank Beard drums, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, big mess there. Um, no, nobody likes this. This is, this is almost like, this is now a whole side of, you know, your I heap rock and roll medley, this backdoor medley thing. And, um, like I say, even if the first, even if it's broken up into three tracks, the entire thing just feels like a boogie medley. Now, why is Easy Top doing this? Um, you know, this is a little bit of a different situation. So now, now we've got a, an American band from the South, Texas. Are they a you know Southern rock band, whatever? Uh, but the point is, is um, these guys are um, are almost like scholar in a scholarly way, giving you their roots. Um, entertaining that's another big thing you know i've i've famously always mentioned you know uh it was it was a really cool you know sitting down with malcolm young from acdc and having him explain that you you play a boogie and that'll that'll calm the natives you know the you know the 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 farmers the hard workers from from bottling you and stuff because everybody loves a boogie right sort of thing so this is this is a this is a, a standard legendary barroom trope that that you know this music uh, even if it's not directly recognizable because of you know the name of the original, it's still uh, the whole structure of it is very recognizable. So this is Easy Top essentially uh, playing a set that is designed 
to uh, just take care of business, entertain the crowd, sell beer, uh, you know, which they, you know, had to do in their various bands, American Blues, like playing the cellar, the two different cellars, uh, I guess there's one in Houston, da- Dallas, and Dallas. And, then, you know, they're touring all over the place, playing lots of covers. They grew up on all this stuff. They learned all this stuff. Um, but what is kind of interesting here is that, you know, they're at least smart enough to realize that, that don't, don't hit us with a bunch of slow blues. Like, this is really amped up, you know, speedy stuff. This is why I always uh, consider Foghat and, and um, ZZ Top, you know, brethren. Um, so it's, it's, it's action-packed, but it's still very, very traditional and, you know, not, not particularly enjoyable as, as far as I'm concerned. All right, we'll, uh, we'll touch down on a few of these other ideas as we go along. This episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's take a listen to our third selection and we shall discuss. This is Queen with Jailhouse Rock. Okay, so Queen uh, is guilty of this thing as well, believe it or not. Queen, the absolutely amazing, got so much to offer, great band, you know, action-packed originals, uh, so you know, so many songs that were starting to be hits immediately. Um, uh, this is not this is not fully official. This is a later archival release that I've pulled this from. This is live at the Rainbow Seventy Four. Um, but uh, but yeah, as you can see, uh, just like ZZ Top, they do Jailhouse Rock. Um, and this is, you know, officially, semi-officially, Jailhouse Rock slash Stupid Cupid slash Bebop Alula. So you've got an intro, Jailhouse Rock. Stupid Cupid is basically new words over Jailhouse Rock. Bebop Alula, you know, slides right in there as well. So this is a perfect example of of the whole seamless quality of these things, how these songs can be uh, overlaid on top of each other. Apparently they played Tutti Fruity too. Um, but anyways, uh, I thought I'd mention something that, that's kind of interesting that, that reinforces this idea of glam. Because Queen, again, uh, you know, this is 1974. They're an English band. They can dress glammy too. Queen sometimes even gets discussed as part of the glam scene a, a lot more than Uri Heap does. But so this is an interesting story. So, 
you know, Sweet, I, when I started putting this episode together, I thought, did Sweet do this somewhere? And and I, I you know, I was kind of mixed up thinking of, um, you know, Man with the Golden Gun on uh, Sweet Strung Up and knowing that so much of that is jammy. That's a whole nother thing. There's 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 a jammy nature to this. There's jammy and there's crowd participation, which are two different sort of parts of this you know, quote unquote medley thing. And, and, you know, even a fourth version is how I'm kind of mixing a little bit, cheating a little and mixing the idea of old rock and roll covers in your live set as well. And maybe it's not such in a medley way, but, um, so I thought about sweet and I, I knew that was kind of a mess of a live album, like great, great performances on that, but it's, it's, it's a bunch of weird stuff. It's pretty heavy too. Um, but uh, and and strung up is is half compilation and half live. But they've got this long man uh, man with a golden gun. And I I went and looked through it to say, hey, is there only is there any fifties rock and roll in here? And there wasn't. Um, it's basically that weird you know soundtrack tune with a massive long um, you know Mick Tucker drum solo in it. But um, what made me also think of Sweet is that they do cover. Oh, what is the fifty song? There, there's a there's a fifty song covered. Um, you know, even later in their serious period. But this is really interesting. So, um, from my Sweet book, which is still available, Rebel Rouser, a Sweet user manual. Uh, Brian Connolly mentioned how Desolation Boulevard at that time they were going to do a concept album. And here's what he said. It's the story of rock and roll, not just a pop album with singles, sort of rock and roll from 1956 to 1976. We're going to finish it with a futuristic track. The songs are original. Basically, it's our interpretation of what was around over those years, what was sort of leading the era 56, 59, 63, 65, you know, Beatles and so on. The name of the album is From the Grave of Ocker the Rocker. And the idea is that Ocker sort of becomes famous in 1956 and hits the big rock scene, the pop bit, you know, and here's 10 years of his life. We go from sort of early Elvis to Little Richard right up to 64 when Ocker gets killed. Then there's a Beatles thing, then an interpretation of Phil Spector, which was an era all its own. Then we come right up to date and finish the album with a futuristic track of what we think 76 will be all about. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I guess this is me, right? Unfortunately, we never got from the grave of Ocker, the rocker. As Steve told Jenny Hall in April of 74, we got halfway through writing the album with the help of Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin. But when we listened to it in the cold light of day, we didn't find the songs very inspiring. Now we've shelved the whole idea. So again, this is the idea that in glam, um, they definitely had, uh, you know, one of the sub narratives coursing through glam was a fifties rock revival. Um, you know, with the, with the uniforms, uh, the, the Irish show band sort of look to some of these guys. Um, so, so yeah, a big chunk of that whole glam thing, uh, was, was going back and, and paying homage to that, uh, that old music. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Uh, this is our fourth selection. Take a listen to this. This is Twisted Sister with its only rock and roll, but I like it. Okay, so um, Twisted Sister is kind of an interesting case. The, the true the true medley in their case is actually uh, the whole 
let the good times roll slash feel so fine thing. Now that this is this is like so live at the marquee, nineteen eighty three, and I, I like the way Mick Phelan put this. He says this this would have drove you know the metalheads, the new wave of British heavy metalheads, crazy. You know they're loving their Twisted Sister, Twisted Sisters here, and all of a sudden they're playing it's only rock and roll, but I like it and let the good times roll slash uh, feel so fine. Um, but I wanted to put them in here. Because A, they, they qualify with a medley, but this is also a band that really bleeds into that idea of, um, you know, unlike ZZ Top, who's, who, who's, you know, plays a complicated, where is all this from, blah, 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 boogie woogie to entertain, Twisted Sister have this long history of playing a lot of covers mixed in with their originals. They have this massive history before they, they finally broke, um, you know, basically with Under the Blade, I suppose, um. And then, of course, you know, bigger with Stay Hungry. But um, so they have this long history of playing covers. But um, it's I, I, I'm amused by the way that they bring that forward with such bad taste and and do it in 1983 at a, you know, an important gig at the Marquee in England in the middle of the new new wave of British heavy metal. And this is this is the crazy part. So this all shows up officially as well. This is all on on the big hits and nasty cuts. Uh, album, so it's archival, right? But, anyways, um, the crazy part of this is is the it's only rock and roll is ten minutes and twelve seconds long, and uh, and it's not a medley, uh, but what it is, it's just got the longest, most ridiculous, bore you to tears crowd participation part. I I could do a whole episode on the crowd participation thing. That that thing just drives me crazy i just can't stand that whole crowd participation thing especially when you're standing there in the crowd and you're asked to sing along and all this stuff and you're yelling and your throat is is worn out and you know nobody you know you can't hear you they can't hear you nobody can hear you it's it's just dumb and you feel childish doing this right and then you think wait a minute didn't i didn't i pay my ticket price to come here and watch you entertain why why am i clapping in unison for you and all this stuff right um yeah, I, I can't stand that whole thing. But yeah, I wanted to put it in here because it's uh it's just in such bad taste in so many ways. It's like it's like a dumb dopey cover, you know, the, these punters don't want to hear from from literally what is that 10 years earlier. Uh and then and then mixed with some even older stuff. And these guys would also play um they they would play Long Tall Sally and Johnny Be Good and stuff too. Um yeah, by the way, yeah, Let the Good Times Roll uh Leonard Lee, uh, what do we got here? Leonard Lee, Shirley Goodman, right? It's, it's, that's the other thing, uh, researching for this episode. It, it's so hard to look up and find exactly, you know, you're checking the lyrics and all this to find exactly what you are listening to here because these songs have been so uh, bastardized and hybrid over the years. And, you know, you could stick a, stick a traditional in there Um and, uh, you know, 50s and then it moves on to this and then this person has a hit with it and the lyrics get kind of changed a little bit and, and, and the song titles are all kind of like childish and dopey and similar and all this stuff. So so it's it's actually even hard to figure out where these things are coming from. But of course, you know, Dee Snider and the band up on stage, none of that matters. You're just playing a song and, you know, it, hoping that there's some recognition feel there um, and they get into it sort of thing. So yeah, Twisted Sister definitely did this played a lot of covers did this horrible 10 minute version of it's only rock and roll but i like it let's move on uh yeah this is all bad music today isn't it uh okay take a listen to this this is led zeppelin with whole lot of love Zeppelin. 
Okay, so what you heard here was Led Zeppelin, Whole Lot of Love. Again, official but archival from later. This is from the How the West Was Won compilation uh, album. Um, but yeah, so what they do, uh, Led Zeppelin is, it's a, it's a little bit like the ZZ Top situation, but of course it's an earlier version of the ZZ Top situation. So what they do, let's start with what they do on this specifically. So it's Whole lot of Love. It's uh, how I had how long this thing was here. Um, anyways, so it's, it's quite long. But anyways, we've got Whole lot of Love, Boogie Chillin'. So we got uh, Let's Have a Party, Hello Mary Lou, Going Down Slow. Um, all of this stuff is all mixed together. We, who, we've got writers here. we got Willie Dixon, John, John Lee Hooker, Jesse May Robinson, Kayette Mangiaracina, Gene Pitney, James B. Odin. You know, and they also do Bring It On Home with Bring It On Back, Willie Dixon mixed with their original. Basically, the point here... I've got this cool little book. Uh, how does how does it work here? So, uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm looking at it now on on the actual um, the actual how the West was won, and we've got uh, 2308. Wow, 2308 version medley containing Boogie Chillin, 237 John Lee Hooker, Bernard Besman. Let's have a party. 152 Jerry Lieber. Hello Mary Lou. Gene Pitney. 308. Going down slow. 839 James B. Uh, Odin. So there's something a little more official. We know the whole story with Led Zeppelin and the and you know the the crediting and the and the lawsuits and all that sort of stuff. But essentially, what Led Zeppelin is doing. Um, and you know, I've got this, uh, I've got this book, I've got various Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, uh, reference guides, but one of them I've got here, this little, little tiny format book, uh, by Dave Lewis and Simon Pallet, Led Zeppelin, the concert file. You can open this to any page and read the set list of, of Led Zeppelin sets, you know, early on, but I mean, it, it goes, it goes late as well, but you could basically open this to any page and, uh, and find a medley of uh, of really odd stuff and you know going through this again this took a lot of time to sort out what what I'm listening to here on Led Zeppelin because basically um you know they're they're doing their original and then they're just reminded of something old and, sp- and spontaneously they break into that and maybe the lyrics aren't exactly what was going on and who knows how long it goes for and then it breaks into something else that's just subtly different but you know back in the 50s it would have officially been a different song and you know maybe there's a little jamming and then we're back to a whole lot of love blah 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 so this happens a lot in the Led Zeppelin catalog and again you know to look at the motivation um it's it's a little bit like that ZZ Top thing, but ZZ Top is is doing it uh, based on their their own you know version of the American Songbook, uh, but Led Zeppelin's doing it based on growing up the same way the Stones did with all this uh, this great blues. Uh, it's it's more blues than rock and roll with Led Zeppelin in most cases. But again, uh, because they are Led Zeppelin and the whole idea of Led Zeppelin being famous is that is that they sped up the blues and heavied up the blues, right? Um, so you get tons and tons of this all across. So so you know it's coming from a good place where where they're 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 re- they're reminding they're playing DJ and they're reminding the people in the crowd um, of all this great music and of, of where they're getting they're where they're kind of getting their songs or or where they're getting their inspiration for writing their originals that sound like these old songs too, right? It's a big gray area mess, right? 
Um, but live, uh, you know, you could do you could do a whole scholarly thing, and I'm sure it's been done. But you could go through all of these songs, and you know, I I went through a bunch of them when I did my Led Zeppelin all the albums all the songs book when I did the expanded edition. A bunch of that material at the back is looking at some of the key um, the key ones of these. Um, you know, there's there's regularly come on everybody and something else. Um, what else do they do? Um, yeah, there's there's just tons and tons of this stuff that again they're 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 basically playing DJ and show and giving you that whole um, that whole look at uh, at their past. They're they're proud of it all, and it it actually fits a lot better. And it's and it's again it's it's a little closer adjacent to to those days, and it's really woven into the reason of Led Zeppelin. So it feels a lot more um, a lot less. Uh, inappropriate, uh, you know, versus something like your I Heap, where none of their songs sound like that sort of stuff. Um, all right, honorable mentions. Uh, Mick Phelan says Meatloaf has one of these. He he literally writes Meatloaf has has an awful awful one where they lurch from Johnny Be Good to Blue Suede Shoes back to Johnny Be Good uh, Rock and Roll Medley. I think he says it's even called that. You know, I was thinking of going down the the road of the long blues things where you've got rainbow doing mistreated or deep purple deep purple does lucille as well right but white snake ain't ain't no love in the heart of city so this is maybe a different episode where we talk about jamming and blues and the you know the boringness of that gill and double trouble you know long songs basically um bit of a tie-in even with rush feedback you know so feedback is a is a studio ep of a bunch of these old songs that no rush fan wants to hear but i thought of putting them in here because they officially take that stuff and do it live and stick it on r30 um it's not exactly medley form i don't think at any point maybe it is um but essentially they they play some of those songs live um monty connor says slade has one i couldn't really find that um and then I thought of, you know, the, the whole thing with uh, Aerosmith Live Bootleg, where side four is a big, boring pile of old blues with I Ain't Got You, um, Mother Popcorn, and Train Kept a, a Rollin' all mashed together on kind of a pointless side two. You know, when you're a young kid, you know, you want to hear all the songs that are on sides one, two, and three. By the time you get to that, it's like, I don't want to hear Aerosmith doing a bunch of songs they grew up on. Um, and then I thought of, you know, Blue Oyster Cult. Jonathan Richards brought this up as well. You know, I, I thought of... Um, the fact that on on your feet or on your knees, you've got once once you get to I think this is the last side, yeah, side four as well. I ain't got you, just like the Aerosmith live album. So nineteen seventy five Blue Oyster Cult does it, nineteen seventy eight Aerosmith does it. Um, but they've got that at eight fifty nine, and then into Born to Be Wild at six thirty six. To me, that's kind of a dopey old medley as well um you know we do we know that they do kick out the jams and we got to get out of this place on the second live album from 78 and then um you know on the third live album extraterrestrial live we get a long roadhouse blues um so they kind of fit in this thing a little bit as well they're guilty parties aren't they um so there you go that's uh that's my big rant that's my big complaint about um my favorite bands playing a bunch of old-time rock and roll that i don't want to hear if you like this episode and want to support future episodes please go to ko-fi rhymes with no fee.com slash martin popoff hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint on that front this week i would like to thank andy at black sugar transmission bruce campbell lee clifford david fisher jamie laszlo jeff norfleet augustin garcia de paredes steve polari brian sager and andrew smith um you can go to my martinpopoff.com for all your book needs you know there's the two alice coopers i've still got the david bowie that awesome awesome looking david bowie book uh that's there at the site paypal buttons makes it easy on all this um 
yeah, out of this episode, I still got the sweet book. Actually, I've still got the Uriah Heap uh, visual biography. So the big coffee table hardcover book, 400 pictures, detailed timeline of Uriah Heap. And um, what else have we got from this episode? Well, I, I okay, well, that's the other one. Led Zeppelin, all the albums, all the songs. I actually is back in print, and I'm getting a few of those next week. And uh, my Queen book is still in print, right? Queen, Queen uh, album by album. So there you go. Um, your homework uh, for this week is just run as far away as you can from any of this music as possible. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.